the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Whether you're listening from far away or next to beautiful Seneca Lake, we hope that through the reading and proclaiming of Scripture, you hear God's wisdom, challenge, and blessing for you today. If you're able to worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9.30, we at Hector Presbyterian Church would love to share Christ's peace with you. As we prepare to hear the scriptures, let us pray. Merciful God, cleanse our hearts with the truth of your word and put your Holy Spirit within us so that we may receive your grace and glorify you in our grateful acts of service. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. A reading from the book of Exodus. Listen for God's word to you. Then Pharaoh gave an order to all his people, throw every baby boy born to the Hebrews into the Nile River, but you can let all the girls live. Now a man from Levi's household married a Levite woman. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that the baby was healthy and beautiful, so she hid him for three months. When she couldn't hide him any longer, she took a reed basket and sealed it up with black tar. She put the child in the basket and set the basket among the reeds at the riverbank. The baby's older sister stood watch nearby to see what would happen to him. Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river while her woman servants walked along beside the river. She saw the basket among the reeds, and she sent one of her servants to bring it to her. When she opened it, she saw the child. The boy was crying, and she felt sorry for him. She said, this must be one of the Hebrews' children. Then the baby's sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Would you like me to go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? Pharaoh's daughter agreed. Yes, do that. So the girl went and called the child's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child and nurse it for me, and I'll pay you for your work. So the woman took the child and nursed it. After the child had grown up, she brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as her son. She named him Moses, because, she said, I pulled him out of the water. The word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew. Listen, the word is near to us on our lips and in our hearts. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called a little child over to sit among the disciples and said, I assure you, 
that if you don't turn your lives around and become like this little child, you will definitely not enter the kingdom of heaven. Those who humble themselves like this little child will be greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Be careful that you don't look down on one of these little ones. I say to you that their angels in heaven are always looking into the face of my Father who is in heaven. What do you think? If someone had 100 sheep and one of them wandered off, wouldn't they leave the 99 on the hillside and go and search for the one that wandered off? If you find it, I assure you, you're happier about having that one sheep than about the 99 who didn't wander off. In the same way, my Father, who is in heaven, doesn't want to lose one of these little ones. The word of the Lord. Jacob Bayless was enjoying a beautiful summer's day at the lake when a lifeguard announced, Everyone, please exit the water. We're looking for a five-year-old boy in blue shorts named Titus. Oh, no. Imagine that kid's family frantically searching. How long had it been? Were they too late? That's when a little boy in blue shorts standing near Bayless piped up. Hey, he said, my name's Titus too. Children, like sheep, tend to wander off. Out of great love for each human life, Jesus says, my Father in heaven doesn't want to lose one of these little ones. Each child is precious, worthy of seeking out and saving. Even this grimy, snot-nosed child Jesus calls over to sit among the disciples. Okay, granted, this child may not have had a runny nose, but you can bet that she or he was dirty. Dirty from working in the fields, perhaps or unwashed because they were a beggar, or, or simply dirty from playing in the mud. Become like this little child, Jesus says. Become like children. Welcome them. Don't look down on them. God does not want to lose a single one of them. But it is clear to me after hearing Marion Wright Edelman speak, that we are losing them every day. Edelman is an imposing character. She was the first African-American woman admitted to the Mississippi Bar. She helped found Head Start, and for decades she led the Children's Defense Fund. I thought that I would glean from her speeches some inspiring stories about children's resilience and creativity. But Edelman doesn't have time to entertain me 
or any of her listeners. She has an urgent message. Our society is failing our children. Poverty, violence, illiteracy, apathy, these are forces that stalk the United States, hunting our children down. Edelman's tireless advocacy for children of every color and class background demands my respect. Her hard question, what are we going to do about these statistics, is well worth our reflection. But that is not the question of the gospel, or at least it is not the first question of the gospel. The first question of the gospel is always, who is this God? And what is this God doing in the world? Who is this God who loves each and every child, who does not want to lose track of a single one? This is the very same God who entered utter humility, walking Judea's dusty roads as a poor man. This is the God who dismisses concerns about status and honor and keeps company with children. This is the God who will undergo death itself for the sake of us little ones. And before that, this is the very same God who called Moses to lead the Hebrew people from slavery to freedom. This is the God who guarded the people with fire and cloud, who split the sea, who rescued them from advancing enemy forces. And before that, this is the very same God who whispered in the reeds. Go down to the reeds and witness how the love that shapes the universe conspires to save a baby. Down in the murky waters, a, a mother hid her baby boy, a forbidden child. She hid him in a basket sealed with the Kevlar of the ancient world. She didn't intend for the toddler to be rescued. She left him there to die. She left him there as a statement. This is what we have come to in Egypt. This is what we have been reduced to doing. The mother left, but her daughter stayed behind to see what would happen to her brother. Enter stage right, another daughter, a princess, she sees the basket. She finds the baby. His tears awaken her compassion, and she speaks aloud the terrible truth. This must be one of the Hebrews' children. No other people would be driven to such desperation. Notice that there are no parents around. 
No parents to tell these daughters how to behave. If Pharaoh were present, he would order the princess, put that baby down, give that basket a good kick into the river. He would demand that she accept her place in the social order. Likewise, if the mother, Yohebed, had stayed, she would hold her daughter back. Stay hidden. Don't say a word. Accept your place in the social order. But their parents are not there. The princess holds the baby and speaks and the girl who would grow up to become the prophet Miriam steps forward with an idea. The daughters hatch a plan. The baby will survive. One Hebrew mother will not lose her son, and amazingly, amazingly, will get paid to take care of him. The boy named Moses will grow up right underneath Pharaoh's nose, a daily reminder of defiance to the architect of his people's enslavement. Without the girls in the reeds, there is no Moses, no Exodus, no Ten Commandments. Through them, and not through the adults, The Holy One blesses the world. Last week, when we began our Lenten journey of neighbor love, Jesus' story about the stranger who showed mercy revealed how God works in the world. God lavishes the world with grace, giving it everything it needs through people especially through people whom we suspect don't have anything to offer. God's grace even arrives through children whose status is insecure in the ancient world and whose worth contemporary society still struggles to accept. God's grace emboldens us through high school students across the nation who are transforming grief into protest, so that children who never left Sandy Hook, never left Parkland, might not have died for nothing. God's grace challenges us through Autumn Peltier, who at 15 years old brought the water-protecting wisdom of the Anishinaabeg nation to the United Nations, stating this truth. We can't eat money or drink oil. God's grace dazzles us through the wisdom of children like my friend Kay's two-year-old granddaughter, Alexandra. Last year, Alexandra got to help Grandma Kay set up the nativity creche. Everyone had to be named. Not just Mary and Joseph and Jesus, but the shepherds, too, and the magi and the donkeys. 
At snack time, she took her goldfish crackers and her juice cup and put them up to the mouths of every figurine, human and animal. As the sun set, Alexandra announced that it was bedtime and declared, people need pillows. She ran to take the puffy ornaments from the Christmas tree and began to put everyone around the manger to bed. Named and claimed, food and shelter, the grace of God shines through neighbors like these, even the smallest ones, even the teenagers. The dreams of so many young people echo the joy and justice of the kingdom of heaven Perhaps that is why welcoming children in the name of Jesus is essentially welcoming Jesus himself. Beloved of the Lord, whatever age we are, let us turn our lives around and follow Jesus in becoming like little children. God, whom Jesus called Abba, Father, is already conspiring with toddlers and teenagers and young people everywhere to rescue Moses, which is to say, to keep the flame of God's liberating love shining bright in the world. Here in this corner of the kingdom, let us get down on their level and ask, can we join in? In their company, God embraces us like a parent whose love cannot be contained. God embraces us like a grandparent who is delighted to watch us grow and learn. To those who humble themselves, the heart of the Holy One has grace upon grace to give. For such grace... Let us give all glory and all gratitude to God, from whom every family on earth takes its name, who has pitched a tent among us, who sends us to the ends of the earth. Amen.